Welcome to Zero to a Million, where we interview multimillionaires on how they scaled their business to $500 million. Uh, 10 years ago? Nah, there are plenty of those types of podcasts out there. We want to provide you with strategies real time while we scale Unstack from zero to a million. Every week, you can learn from our successes and failures. Plus, get tips from our mentors and advisors. When we implement, you learn. While we learn, we scale. Welcome to the Zero to a Million podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million brought to you by Unstack. We are incredibly excited to announce the launch of our startup marketing trend survey, which you can now download at unstack.com. Please check out the description here to find the link to download it. We audited marketing strategies from 2020, how startups are changing in 2021. And our guest today is Jackie Hermes, founder and CEO of Acelity and a contributor to the marketing trend survey. She runs an agency that helps B2B SaaS companies scale with customer acquisition and lead generation strategies. Today, we're going to be talking about LinkedIn, uh, obviously focused on personal branding, which I think is a low-cost way for startups, scale-ups, and B2B SaaS companies to really get their brand out there. Jackie's an expert in that. We'll also dig into a little bit of paid acquisition on LinkedIn. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. I know we've been... This has been in the works for a while. <laughs> yeah, so I've uh, I've been a, a fan of yours. I sat in on one of your uh, talks. I think it was the Digital Agency Expo or some mm-hmm. digital marketer event, which I used to partner with them and uh, loved your content. You're obviously uh, super energetic on stage, which is amazing and something I lack. Uh, <laughs> but... There was, you know, I then followed you on LinkedIn and that was kind of like, okay, she's putting this content out everywhere. So would love to hear a little bit of your story and background professionally, and then a little bit of your journey on, on building your own personal brand, uh, along with build, building the Acelity brand. Yeah. It's funny you say I'm energetic on stage because I have to like work myself up to that. I'm not naturally like, that's like a lot of caffeine and a lot of practice at all. And a lot of nervousness that all culminates into one like spazzy me on stage for 45 minutes. So anyways, it's a random aside. Um, I like that. That's good info. Uh, Larry Larry Kim, our founder at WordStream, who I'm sure you've seen out there. Yep. He is not uh, super energetic in small environments, but he drinks like a Red Bull and a five hour energy before he goes on stage just to, to use that same tactic. So it's definitely something that I think a lot of folks do that are out there often. I think I've seen him, but he's like, he's not super energetic, but he's kind of like deadpan funny, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Unintentionally funny, but very funny. I, lo- I love um, it. Yeah. He's great. Anyways. Back to story. Okay. <laughs> so back to the story. Um, my background, I, I mean, I got a marketing degree that I didn't really you know, wasn't sure if I was actually even going to use it for marketing, which is pretty much most people that get a marketing degree, <laughs> like, okay, what do I do with this now? Um, I actually started my professional career as a recruiter way back in the day um, and moved into kind of like a hybrid sales and marketing role at GE Healthcare. And then I moved over to a company called Zywave, which I think they were about 30 million when I started there. And 
they were about 80 when I left. So they were private equity owned. They were growing pretty quickly via acquisitions, like acquisitions right and left. Um, we actually acquired a company in a different vertical in Canada that we integrated together. Um, and I was, I was running marketing for my last few years there. And then I decided to leave. They ended up splitting those companies back apart. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna see what else is out there. And I actually, I wasn't even convinced that I was going to start my own thing at that time. I was just like, okay, you know, maybe I will look for a different role at a different kind of tech company. I was applying in different cities in Chicago, New York, just had one kid at that time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave Milwaukee. Now's my time. Um, And I ended up getting a number of consulting gigs just just from applying for those roles where people were saying like, we want someone that's in New York right now, but do you want to consult for us for a little bit? And I was like, sure. You know, I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about freelancing or consulting. I knew I had some friends at the time that were freelancing and they were always like, you know, like scraping for new business and it seemed really hard. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Do I really want to do that? Um, and it was just as hard as I thought it was going to be, but I, there's no like Cinderella story. It's like, right. you know, I, we got our first few customers and we'd lose a customer. And by we, it was just me at that time. So I don't know why I'm saying we, um, I got a company called base CRM that I was working with. And I ended up getting up to like 30 or so hours a week with them. And I was working with them a ton. And then they brought everything in house. And from oh. there, I was like, applying for bartending jobs and, you know, just doing whatever I could to kind of get by. Cause I was pretty convinced that I didn't want to go back into, you know, marketing at a SaaS company itself that I wanted to help more companies, but I just kind of, I don't know, I guess I just didn't know. And then it grew from there. So I think I started, I started hiring employees maybe a year and a half in, and we are at about 15 now, which we've been at that size probably since I met you or saw you, you saw me in um, New York in 20, at the end of 2019. So we've been really focusing on creating efficiencies within our team and, you know, just making sure we're growing the right way over the last year or so. Yeah, that's so tough for agencies. And I've, spend a, a lot of my career working with agencies, but scaling, right? Like scaling customers and scaling headcount linear, it doesn't work. You, you find that you're unprofitable pretty quickly. Uh, it's actually probably more profitable to be by yourself working for, you know, a few different clients. And, Who and that's knew? what the money's made. Yeah. Oh my um, God. I never knew that <laughs> until I had like 10 employees and I was like, Oh yeah. I see all these consultants on LinkedIn <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah. I made half a million dollars myself last year. I'm like, Oh yeah. That's nice. <laughs> no, that's you're giving back to the community. You're giving back to the greater Milwaukee community by hiring a bunch of all stars. By the way, I've had the, my the team opportunity. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I've had the opportunity to to meet a lot of them, and uh, the personalities on these folks is uh, is awesome. And you're you're actually trying to harness that as we speak. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about your personal brand and, and building that online. And then I definitely want to dig into you know, getting Mikey to do selfie videos because they are somewhat entertaining. I they're entertaining. It. I don't want to give him too much credit, but they're entertaining every time I come across him. He's got a big head already. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why I want to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I got started on LinkedIn two and a half years ago. It was actually Quentin Allums, if you know him, Q from LinkedIn. Um, and he actually was my first hire ever. He was an in the, like an intern of mine 
six years ago or so when I was starting Fidelity. Weird. And then he started growing a personal brand and he was like, you got to get on LinkedIn. You got to get started. He's the one that got Che Robottom on to LinkedIn and Sam Lister and all these other people from Milwaukee. He just kind of convinced all of us because he saw such a huge opportunity. Um, I had no interest in doing it. And so he was like, well, why don't we shoot, uh, you know, I'll shoot a video for my page. And then he later told me that it never went up because it was terrible. And I was like, thank you. Nice. I, I love that. <laughs> um, but I, I, when I got started, I didn't even really know why or what I was doing. Right. I had a goal in mind that I wanted to help my business grow. I saw that this could be an avenue to gain uh, awareness where we'd been running our own inbound marketing for years and it was working, but man, it's a, it's a slow process. It's not like a quick solve to, you know, we're a bootstrap company and we need to get moving and get leads in the door. Now um, building your own organic presence isn't going to do that within three, six, 12, even months for you. So, uh, I mean, I was lucky that I started early and not a lot of people were building a brand on LinkedIn because some of my very first videos went pretty far. So that, that one was more of a Cinderella story. It was a lot easier than starting a business. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. I think there's like this balancing act now of there's so much content and so many content creators on LinkedIn that, you know, you even see people coming up with strategies of like, I post on the weekend because less people are posting. And while there's less traffic, I can get more market share. So what is your strategy from both a content creation perspective? So what types of content are you trying to create? And then any any kind of algorithm hacks, which I know there are, everyone's trying to crack this code and don't give us your secrets if you have them, but, you know, any kind of guidance there on, on the best ways to, to get kind of your brand out there and, and get some traction. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that there are any hacks that I have under, you know, that I have as a secret, really. I've seen people that have suddenly like cracked the code on text posting every day at a certain time or whatever it may be. Um, I'm not doing that. I have a general time range that I post in. And for me, it's more about consistency. Like all of my posts get a good amount of interaction. I am not expecting any of them to go viral. Um, you know, and I'm not, I guess I'm not writing or posting for virality, right? I'm posting more for my audience and the things that they like to hear from me and the stories that I have to tell them about like, you know, being side by side with them and growing a business or trying to help myself as a professional by changing my mindset, parenting with kids at home, surviving this pandemic, which we're all trying to do. Um, so it's more just telling stories and trying to really connect with people than in my mind, really trying to go super viral. A lot of people that have posts that go super viral, they don't have much more of an audience than me or anyone else. It's just a right. lot more people are seeing their posts. So I just kind of, I guess my strategy is much more on feeling, which sounds weird and it's probably not what you were expecting to say, but it's, it's more on, you know, like, what do I want to talk about? this yeah. next week? What, what books have I been reading? What podcasts I've been listening to? What's resonating with me? What's helping me either change, grow myself, what's helping grow our business, etc. So you post a lot of uh, video content, which I think mm -hmm. is underutilized by uh, a lot of other folks. I, I see a lot of like long form 
emoji laced, you know, text based <laughs> post. And I'm yeah. just as guilty as that as anything else because I don't love seeing myself on video, even though yeah. we're doing this podcast with video right now, <laughs> uh, which I dressed up for you, which was just me putting this jacket over my t shirt. So looks great. You know, not not bad, right? Okay, plus. <laughs> uh, I, I even trimmed my beard. So that's that's me getting dressed up for video, which is horrible. But, uh, you know, is there a format that you feel like you've had more success with? I, I mentioned you, you do a lot of video content and I, I engage with those. They're short form. They, they're, they're great. They're dense. They provide value. Uh, how have you approached that? The format changes over time because okay. at, the, at the beginning, the videos were it was just, you know, like me shooting on my phone or someone else shooting me. Those worked really, really well when the video platform was new on LinkedIn then it started like not going very far where I was like, why am I spending all this time shooting these videos and getting them captioned and edited and et cetera, if people are writing text posts and they're, you know, going way further. Um, so I did tone down my video for a bit in there just because it, and frankly, that is where I was really kind of questioning the whole thing. You can probably look back like a year or so when I was posting just a few times a week and half the posts were like, I'm struggling and I don't know what to post, but I felt like I had to post something. And that's one thing like, you know, if you need the time off, just freaking take it. Don't like sit there and try to fake it because it just felt very inauthentic for me at that time. Um, and But it I'm a, I like writing and I'm a good writer, but writing text posts for me every day has just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's painful for me. So it's not something that I want to do every day. Um, and then I've gotten more into video lately because they're doing better again. And I am feeling more comfortable with it. At the beginning of this pandemic, I don't know that I was like getting dressed or doing anything, you know? So did I want to shoot a video? Not really. Um, <laughs> uh, but I definitely like perked back up. My kids went back to school that helped like <laughs> got some, uh, you know, some time where I can actually think through the messages that I want to share and how I can share them in a thoughtful way and all that good stuff. Okay. And one thing you mentioned earlier, uh, virality to post, you, you've had a few that, uh, I don't say we're polarizing. I don't think they were. You've mentioned one re recently about uh, how you handle meetings and stuff that like, I don't know, to me, I read it. I'm like, yeah, you know, not a bad strategy. I'm on, on to the next post, you know. Uh, but where do you feel like there's that fine line? Like, I don't think you're intentionally trying to be polarizing, but talk to me no. a little bit about some of these posts. And then you, you did a good post about dealing with trolls, which is also a part of the virality of your post was, was getting negative and positive feedback. Uh, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about some of those experiences. I try not to be too polarizing. I, I have tried it here and there. And when I do, it doesn't feel authentic to me. It doesn't feel, you know, it's just not my nature. I'll debate with you all day in person. But I don't want to debate with people on social media. I couldn't have any less interest in that, honestly. And so I've done it here and there. And then like when we have, you see I, a lot of people posting on LinkedIn where people are leaving really negative comments or fighting in the comments. I just can't handle that. And I don't want to deal with it. So I don't, I try not to be super polarizing. The meetings topic, 
geez, I, I don't think I knew that that was going to be such a big deal, right? Where everyone's like, oh, this chick is so privileged. Of course, no one's saying anything bad because she's a CEO when she leaves meetings early and all her team members must feel bad. But it actually, the cool thing about that uh, post about leaving meetings early is it empowered my team to do it. And I've seen at least half of them do it since then. And, nice. you know, like if they... If we have a client meeting happening, of course, the account manager needs to be there the whole time because they're having the conversation. They're facilitating the whole thing. But if that client wants to talk to me and their designer and their copywriter all during this hour long meeting, why would they even want to pay for like 10 people to sit on that meeting the whole time? And we are so dang Midwestern as it you know, like in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, that we will just sit there out of trying to be polite. Instead of just saying like, oh, hey, you you know, we had this conversation. Do you mind if I hop off? And I don't think that I had even explicitly given my team the permission they needed before I posted that. So it actually turned into a really good conversation. So I, I don't ever post something thinking like, oh, this is going to be controversial. And if I do, I really kind of try to stay away from it. Um, I can't stop myself from res responding to people. <laughs> it's not easy. I can't. I'm like, oh, especially we're doing a LinkedIn challenge with my team right now. And one of my team members opened up a LinkedIn account brand new. She said she had bought it for a really long time because she doesn't want to get super so sucked into social media. She actually just recently told me that her mom let her like use devices and watch TV one day a week. And that's why she's so creative. So she's kind of like... Hmm fought all of this off to this point, but she opened an account for this challenge. And then immediately people were starting to troll her. And I'm sitting there like, Ugh, responding, like feeling very mama bear about it. Yeah. I think it's diff it's difficult to, you know, to stop yourself from doing that. And I think a lot of the big influencers have people that are doing that for them. So it's a lot easier to not get pissed when, you know, people are calling you a bimbo or God, I've heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget which one it was that I really, I really liked, but it was like the most basic sentence that you could put together about lattes and <laughs> oh, you would put, put like the top comments from that post. And there was a couple that were pretty funny. I My starved scraps. Yep. <laughs> it was, that was the um, post that got picked up by um, Trust Fund Terry on Instagram. And the comments on Instagram were just, I remember reading them and I was like, these people are mean, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't follow it or respond to anyone there, but later it became very funny. It made some good content yeah. later. <laughs> no, it was, it was, there was some good stuff there. So you mentioned getting your team involved in, in mm -hmm. doing, uh, and I think some of them have, have been doing it for a while or you've kind of brought them into some of your videos and, and taken their kind of subject matter expertise and allow them to expose that. Uh, tell me a bit about this strategy of starting to get the team really heavily involved in this and, and where you think it's going to take the business, uh, you know, as they scale their personal brands. I have encouraged them to do it for a long time. So it was probably five or six quarters ago, maybe a year and a half ago that we ran a challenge. It wasn't really a challenge. It was more like a goal that everyone had to post six times on LinkedIn in a quarter. Um, some of the team members weren't super happy about it. You know, they didn't really want to get behind video, but we didn't have a specific format or topic or anything that you had to say. It was just like, hey, you know, like get out there and see how it works for you. This one, we made it an opt-in challenge to get on. And honestly, 
post and track your percent increase or decrease in engagement over time. And we have like a leaderboard running in, in Google Sheets where everyone can kind of see how they're stacking up against each other. So some of my team members that have been here for longer were kind of part of that first iteration and they've kept it up since then. Um, Mikey wasn't here when we did that, but he just was like, ooh, you know, video content on LinkedIn. And he kind of latched on to it when he started which has been great. But this time we put some cash on the line. So I think that helps that people can win money by, you know, building their own brand on LinkedIn. It kind of seems like a no brainer to me. Yeah, I love it. And uh, any like, oh shit moments thus far, good or bad, where someone's posted something and you're like, that's going crazy. We're getting traction there. Or someone's posted something and you're like, you know, this is a potentially uh, another meeting type post that we're going to get you know, some morality around and some trolls and all that good stuff. Yeah, no, I think that there's been some good interaction so far, but it hasn't been anything. I mean, there are trolls everywhere. That's kind of just, if you sign up for the challenge, you know, it's kind of the name of the game and they've all been watching me do this now for years and watching how I deal with all of it. Um, But I'm interested to see, I know last time we tracked increase in traffic to our company page on LinkedIn and to our website. And so I'm interested to see what that looks like as well. So, I, I mean, we have people posting about their side hustles or what, really whatever they want to post about. And then we're tracking how they're able to build their own brands and then how it leads back to the company as well. So interested to see the results. Yeah. So you, you, did, a, you, you did a great write-up on this on LinkedIn and everyone should check it out. But uh, impact to the brand. So obviously... You've got your personal brand. It's it's closely tied to the company brand. Mm-hmm. Now you've got your employees' personal brands. You're helping them build that to nurture uh, their growth, but I think also, obviously, in turn, the company's growth. What have you seen uh, as a result of, you know, LinkedIn and, and organic posting there? And then, you know, what are your hopes for helping your team continue to invest in this? I think that when a big mistake companies make is they try to get their team involved, but they're like, giving them here are the posts we want you to post and here is the approved company image that you must put up with it and it's like it's a snooze honestly no one wants to do it and if I were the employee I'd be like there's no chance I'm doing this I don't even have any interest in just like spitting out whatever the company approved on my personal social media the cool thing about doing it this way is that we're allowing them to showcase themselves you know like their hobbies, what they're good at, what they do day to day at work. Um, And then our potential prospects or our clients get to know them better. So we will have prospects that come to Mikey that are like, oh yeah, I know this person from LinkedIn or I know this person, or I feel like I already know your whole team. And what crazy advantage if we're going up, say up against five other agencies, but the prospect already feels that they know half of our team, that is a leg up immediately. So those are the benefits that we typically see. And I think it's really good for the team too to get to kind of flex that creative muscle and, you know, build something for themselves as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, one of my big regrets in my career is not starting on this earlier. Like I worked for a recruiter in, you know, my first job out of college and I spent a ton of time on LinkedIn, but it was literally just connecting and messaging and and finding email addresses and, you know, the kind of basic Mm -hmm. initial use case. And I I really wish that I would have started on this. And then, you know, as I transitioned to working in marketing, like that was a huge miss. And I think you've got it like you're way ahead of the game in in how you started. And I think getting your team involved is huge. And 
Um, I love the idea for agencies that listen to our podcast and we do work with a lot of agencies and, you know, earlier stage SaaS companies like getting adoption from people that are uh, early adopters. There's a very personal and kind of intimate piece of that. So people knowing you, the founder and feeling like they see you posting and they get a look, you know, behind the scenes of who you are is critical to them being able to go through all the bumps and bruises of early stage SaaS companies. And if you're a B2B marketer, you know, same thing, like the amount of eyeballs you can get on a, a video or a post if your team's sharing it appropriately or creating great content is, you know, uh, pretty outstanding. I mean, we've had a couple posts between Grant and I that get 20 to 40,000 impressions and it's like, whoa, you mm-hmm. know, and like, that's a lot for us. And if we can get 150 site visitors from that, like, whoa, like for us, that's a lot again. So th- there's a lot to be had there. And I, I think Jackie gives us some great strategies and encouraging your team to do it. Uh, as Jackie mentioned, she hasn't seen anything that's like she's scared of and and no bad reflection on the company brand. So it's people building a personal brand and actually driving quality traffic to the company. I think you have to accept too that there might be some things that you don't love, you know, but if you are putting it out there and saying, I'm not going to be in charge of your message, it's completely up to you, which I think is the only way to do something like this. It's just a risk that you have to accept. And I mean, God, everyone in your audience has accepted how many risks like, yeah, what's one more? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's so spot on. Cause I think people are so hesitant and, you know, you think about larger marketing organizations when they send the, the white paper with the featured image and it's like, Hey, we're promoting this webinar, or this guide, like share our post, and you share the company post, and it's just the box around it. It's got a new name above it, but that does nothing. It gets one, like maybe one comment from some other employee, probably in marketing. Like that just doesn't work. It's so much more impactful if sales rep has built a brand around, you know, he or she's expertise and then, you know, gone and promoted a guide that's totally in line with their brand. Like that's when it starts to win. And I think some folks have adopted that and a lot have not. So I encourage everyone listening to do that and, you know, take some of Jackie's ideas and and encourage your team to go out and do it because it's, it's a huge amount of benefit. Yeah, it's always good when you have that first person that's willing to like put put themselves out there too. So yeah. having like that C-level or founder or whatever it may be that gets out there and kind of tests the waters and shows everyone it's not that scary um, and all the benefits that could come from it, I think it's a good idea too. I think everyone should follow Jackie on LinkedIn if she's open to taking more followers from us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll post her LinkedIn uh, profile. Any other uh, folks on LinkedIn that you feel like are, you know, great follows to just either inform you or educate you or get your gears turning, which I know is always hard for me to just, I'll type something and then I'll just delete it because I'm like, eh, I don't love this, but you yeah. know, give me some strategies there, some folks we should follow. Yeah, um, for SaaS marketing or anyone who's growing a SaaS company, Chris Walker is a really good one. He's just really like ahead of the game in marketing. He thinks completely outside of, I mean, there is no box for that man. So he's a really, he's a really good person to follow. Um, Amy Wallace, I actually have like become internet friends with, we have coffee once a, once a month. We've never met, but she just has really, really good. And from the heart content, same with Justin Welsh. He has been launching a course over the last few months and it's been really cool to watch him build it and update everyone on exactly what he's doing, how, how much money he's making, Um, The transparency is really incredible. So those are some of my favorites. 
all great recommendations. I follow and interact with all of them. Chris, uh, big video content. So if you're mm -hmm. looking for someone that's got consistency around video uh, with great content and strategies, awesome. Justin, this recent experience, any solopreneurs uh, or, or coaches or creators that listen to this, which we've got a, a few, I know, follow him because it's been really cool to watch his posts uh, go up about, about what he's building. Um, and then Jackie, last question we ask every guest, two books you recommend all founders read fiction, nonfiction. You obviously gave us some great folks we can learn from online. Mm -hmm. A couple books you recommend. Ooh, I mean, I read a lot of fiction, but I don't know how applicable that is here. Um, I am. There's inspiration to be found there. Somewhere. Yeah. I mean, so this is not one that I was going to say I have other recommendations, but I just read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which I feel like everyone's talking about right now. But man, it is such a good book just about like questioning the structure of things around you and why they are the way that they are. She has the personal twist on it where she started questioning her life and basically like rebuilt the whole thing to be what she wants it to be. Um, but there is questions are the answer by Hal Gregerson. I just read at the end of last year and that's the more business twist on like questioning, uh, making sure you're answering good or asking good questions and making sure that you're not just asking questions within a structure you're questioning the structure itself. And that's something I always try to do. Whenever my team brings something to me, I'm like, okay, like, well, why is it structured this way? Is there a reason we have to do it this way? Is there an easier way to get there? Um, and that kind of helped me think about how I can refine those skills. So that's one that I would check out. And then- oh, I love this, those recommendations. Oh, it's so great. And one more um, is actually an author who moved to Milwaukee right when I was reading his first book, John Zerasky and Make Time is one of my favorite books because it's just, it's a big list of strategies that him and another guy that he runs like a time strategy blog with um, tested out in order to make more time for themselves. And that's like huh. the ultimate goal for all of us, yeah. right? Is how to make time so that we are not just busy, but we're actually productive and we have time for the things we want to do, like spending time with our kids and not just working 24 <laughs> seven. No, <laughs> so, that's a good one check that one out too. Yeah. Super relevant. In a one-on-one -on -one this morning, I was talking about time management <laughs> and, and how we need to get better at it and organize our weeks better. So I told Kaylee on my team that I'm gonna, we're going to create our own book club, just the two of us and figure out time management. And then we'll coach up the rest of the company together. And there's our book. So that's a great recommendation that's Seriously, useful for me today. That is your book. You will not regret it. checking it out. Awesome. Uh, Jackie, thank you so much for joining. This has been a blast. Uh, where can everyone find you and Acelity? Obviously, we'll put all this in the uh, in the in the blog we promote. But obviously, we want to make sure to give you an opportunity to promote anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, well, LinkedIn, of course, is the spot. I'm actually I'm the the Jackie Hermes on most social media because there's another Jackie Hermes out there that had most of my handles. But I'm on Clubhouse nice. now. And I'm just Jackie Hermes on Clubhouse. Um, and then my company is Excelity, A-C-C-E-L-I-T-Y, marketing abbreviated M-K-T-G on most, most websites, websites, awesome. most social channels. <laughs> Love it. No, follow, follow them everywhere. Their team is putting out awesome content. Uh, she's got a bunch of experts in a bunch of different areas that I've loved working with in a very short period of time. And uh, Jackie, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the Zero to a Million podcast brought to you by Unstack, the no-code marketing platform. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week for more startup insights and strategies.